Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. All right. Well, good evening. We are here with Worshipful Charles Hayes, also known as Chuck, to those of us in the lodge. And uh, we've got a few questions. Let's uh, get to know a little bit about Charles or Chuck. Uh, so, Chuck, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> we've known each other so long, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what, orig- what got you interested in masonry originally? Well, I think that my tour in the military kind of got me a taste of being part of something bigger than me. And for many years after that, even though I was involved in a lot of professional organizations and such, just didn't seem to fulfill that void that was left when I uh, exited the military. So this presented itself in an odd way and I embraced it and really uh, enjoyed being with the brothers and uh, started to get more into the uh, aspects of how the lodge runs and the officers and everything and decided, you know, this is, this is something that I want to be part of. It's, it's a, it's an organization that does good things um, I always like the fact that, you know, our mantra is to make uh, good men better. Um, that's always uh, been something that I've been interested in, in mentoring other men that, or, you know, younger men that um, were in high school age or college age that I've mentored before in the past. So it really helped me to get that feeling back of belonging to something that's bigger than me. Okay. So... So you tried other things, probably like what, Rotary, Key Club, stuff like that first? Yeah, I was in a lot of other professional organizations that met on a regular basis and, you know, had mixed company and did a lot of great things. But it just didn't uh, have that same level of fulfillment as, a, I don't know, as a man, I'm going to say, <laughs> to belong to a fraternity. And it's, you know, it's it's I've never belonged to a college fraternity before, so I can compare those two, but. Um, you know, I was really glad after I did get into it, um, to find that there were so many other, you know, like, not just like-minded people, but men that really were, uh, adept at expressing their ideas and their concepts and not only expressing them, but putting them into motion to make it a better world. So, right. so it worked out really well for me. Cool. So how long have you been a Mason? I think it's going to be 18 years very shortly. I think I'm like 17 and a half years right now, a little okay. over that. Now, have you always been at Solomon Staircase? No, actually, I was initiated, passed, and raised at Artesia Sunrise number 377 in Artesia, California, not too far from our lodge. But at that time, uh, I wasn't really sure what uh, my destiny was going to be in masonry, so for the time, uh, first year and a half, I think it was that I was there. Um, it, it suited its purpose, but when I decided I wanted to get in the officer's line, I realized that 
I needed to have my business, my home, and my lodge in a very finite circle mm -hmm. so that I could manage it all. Um, that was just the way that I found worked for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where I started. And then, uh, I met a couple of guys that, um, are long since laid down their working tools, but you know, them very well, uh, worshipful John Reynolds, worshipful Henry Nowlin and brother Bert Spencer, who were going to the bellflower, uh, officers school of instruction every Tuesday and eating donuts and having coffee. And I, I, being that I own my own business, I could take the time off. And I was actually in the process of studying to qualify for senior deacon at, at uh, Artesia Sunrise when I met uh, these three. And they persuaded me to uh, move from one lodge to the other. And it, it fit the, the model that I was looking for, being the closest lodge to my home. So, and, and the icing on the cake was when Bert Spencer came to me and he says, you want to join our lodge because we're the best. And, and you can hear him saying that in his voice, right? Yep. He was the commensurate carpet bagger to me. <laughs> yeah. I said that in an enduring way, of course. I was going to say, Bert was never master, right? But he knew every line for every role in every degree. Oh yeah. He was, a, he was a master ritualist. That's for sure. Yeah. Wow. So now, obviously, you're the master now, but have you held every uh, line in the officer's line, every position? I think the only ones that I haven't held would be marshal and treasurer secretary. I think those are the only three that I haven't actually been installed at, or I, I shouldn't say been installed, but been, you know, been either appointed or, uh, you know, not necessarily installed. Of course, that would be a, quite a few years to do all that. But yeah, as I say, because I know a couple times that I know many times I should say that you've actually acted as marshal. So it may not have been installed in that position, but acted in that position to right. receive a Grand Lodge member or for some other ceremony. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an it's an interesting position because it does have some ritual to it that you know, as you know, I enjoy. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think I went from junior to senior steward in like a month and a half. And then another month and a half later, I was sitting in the junior deacon's chair and I was there for the remainder of the year. And was, like I said, studying to be installed as senior deacon at Artesia Sunrise when I got swooped up and taken off to Solomon's Staircase. So it went from 377 to 357. Yeah. So now what years have you been master besides current? Uh, 2009, 2010, and 2012. So what happened to, to in 2011? You went 9, 10, 12. Well, I had um, done a back-to-back, -back, so I kind of needed to have a little bit of a break. And my first year as master, my senior warden was a past master from a lodge in Arizona, and he was very much a part of our lodge. Um, uh, he he would sometimes trip up on his ritual and do what we used to call the tumbleweed ritual, being as he was from Arizona, uh, somewhat different than, than ours in California. But uh, his wife uh, passed away in February of 20, uh, 2009. 
And I kind of lost him for the entire year after that. So without a, a senior warden to ascend the next year in 2010, I ended up going back to back, as you're well familiar with how that goes. Yep. So yeah, it, I didn't mind it. It, 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 it. It's really funny because I know there's an adage out there that says, you know, you're not qualified to be a master until you're a past master. And you really do learn a lot during that first year that if you do do another year back to back, like that, it sure is a lot easier because you learn one major thing that's going to help you in your year, and that's to delegate and yeah. not try to do it all yourself. It can be a monumental task. And that's what I try to teach the guys now as the outgoing master and as the officer's coach to, hey, guys, this is this is not, you know, the hardest thing in the world that you're ever going to do, but it also takes a little bit of uh, finesse and a little bit of thought and a little bit of, you know, leadership and a little bit of uh, coaxing and coaching. And it's, it's, it's everything when you're the master of a lodge. You have to be the commensurate, you know, leader, politician, you know, uh, reins holder, all the adjectives and adverbs you can come up with, you know. Cat herder. Yeah, cat, cat herder. Yes, that's a, that becomes one of my more uh, disliked positions, I should say. <laughs> So 2009, 10, and 12, and now it's 22. So, so what happened? How did you end up again in, uh, as master in 22? Well, this guy who I was sitting in for just for uh, as a placeholder kind of up and left, went to Nevada somewhere, somewhere up there yes. where, where they have Alina Rome free. And uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I, I took, I embraced it from the standpoint of, uh, letting uh, the senior warden kind of have free reign to facilitate programs and ideas and, uh, you know, put them in the ground and cultivate them and water them and, and have them ready to be harvested by the time he took over in 2023. Um, and I would just, you know, manage the, the things that have to be done and do the ritual work that has to be done and, you know, line up the uh, different programs that have to be done uh, by uh, the edicts of Grand Lodge. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what I've done. Other than that, it's been kind of, you know, what you might term as a lame duck. Um, I wasn't after much of anything other than just to, you know, get us through this year and let some fresh blood, which I'm very happy to uh, tell you that, you know, we have a lot of new guys that we've initiated, and some passed, and two new ones actually raised in 2022. So, Going forward, hopefully we'll have some good officers. One of them has already uh, been elected to the Hall Association, and he's going to be a very uh, balanced part to that organization. So I'm very happy about that. Um, and uh, the other Master Mason uh, is looking to get into the officer's line. So wow. you know, not everybody, as you know, is cut out to be an officer or wants to be an officer. You know, uh, being a Master Mason is a... Is a is you know important to embrace and to uh, realize that you know we are the beehive and there's plenty of things that need to be done besides getting in the officer's line and hopefully as we bring these guys through I mean as even as as candidates or entered apprentices they're coming and, and getting involved and yeah. learning and understanding things we've really made it our mission this year to 
you know, by the time that they get to Master Mason, that they really know everything about how a lodge runs um, and why things, you know, why different parts of the lodge are set up the way they are, even though a lot of that's in the, the monitor, they still, you know, you can read that and still not really grasp the concept unless you really have someone explain it to you, so. So would you do it again, sit in the East? Um, you know, I mean, if, if I had an opportunity to do it again and it was at the will and pleasure, I guess I would step up if needed. Um, I'm going to try to focus my attentions towards other parts of masonry, hopefully going forward after my tenure here in 2022 and uh, got some new ideas for my business that I'm working on. It's going to take up a little bit more time. So my position as officer's coach will stay the same, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be volunteering anytime soon, I don't think. I think we got it at least three years before that's going to happen. So, I think officer's coach, probably every jurisdiction has that. But just in case they don't, what exactly does an officer's coach do? Well, an officer's coach is uh, someone that is appointed by the uh, district inspector, and he is the one tasked with the trickling down of any ritual and ritual changes and floor work and really everything that's involved in everything from opening and closing a lodge to all the degree work to receiving a grand lodge officer to presenting the flag and doing it correctly for the ritual. And it's not, again, it's not hard, but it's like playing the piano. If you don't bang on the keyboard, you can't play the piano. You know? So it's somewhat uh, a challenge to get guys to come to practices so they can be proficient. Um, but, you know, I mean, most of them are very open to coming and learning how to do it right. And it's very... It's very hard for me to uh, ever think of walking away from that part of the lodge because I do enjoy teaching the ritual a lot as my predecessor, John Reynolds, used to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a part of the lodge that's very important, but at the same time, you know, you're kind of in the background tending to the flock as you might put it and just making sure that everything's going in the right direction. At least, you know, it's not always going to be smooth sailing, but at least if we're moving in the right direction, that's how I try to, you know, gauge it. So it sounds like you have a lot of good parts. Is any negatives being an officer's coach? You know, just like, I, like I was mentioning before, it, it's sometimes difficult to get guys to come down and practice the ritual. So if they don't practice it and they don't know it, then, they, they kind of try to fake their way through it. It's obvious to me. Uh, may not be obvious to a lot of the bystanders, or it's obviously not obvious to the candidate, but to uh, be an officer is something that I hope every man that en enters into that realm takes it seriously enough to learn the ritual correctly. And so the, I guess the hardest thing is when, you know, you, you want, you want to help someone, but they, they just don't want to invest the time 
at home or to yeah. come to the lodge and get the instruction. So it's 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 not a disappointment. I'll I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but that's obviously my my purpose is to get them educated in the proper ways of performing the ritual. And when they don't, it's you know it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. So let's go to the other side. So you've been a Mason for almost 18 years. What's one of your favorite memories or two? Oh, God. I don't know. You know, I mean, we've, we've done so many great things. I mean, we've had great, uh, I mean, for me personally, great constitutional observance uh, programs where I've been the MC a couple times. Uh, our Public schools nights were always a big hit where I emceed until I turned it over to Worshipful Diaz most recently. Um, but I think, you know, just some of the the fellowship and camaraderie that we've shared outside of the lodge, in the kitchen, you know, in, in the foyer, in the, in the dining hall, or even, you know, outside of the lodge where, you know, you and I have taken masonry to other parts of the world here and in our little uh, country and just, you know, gotten to see how other people do it, shared stories with them. And that's just one of the parts that I, I think I enjoy the most is going other places and finding guys that are Masons and you immediately hit it off and you immediately have this bond with them. So I think though, you know, it, it, there's not any one thing. It's obviously a culmination of all those. Um, but I think in the end, uh, any any person that doesn't experience all that is 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 going to be disappointed in the end. But I we should edit that. <laughs> I don't want to say they're disappointed, but um, anyway. Well, you, I mean, I think there's aspects where you know we've had guys that have come in and. You know, I think it turns out sometimes masonry isn't for everybody, and you don't know unless they tell you specifically exactly what they were looking for. But, you know, we've had guys that come in and they seem, you know, ready and raring to go, and they're there for their first degree, and then we never see them again. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate. And, and, it, and we've also lost a lot of good uh, master masons due to uh, relocations and uh, you know, job changes and shift changes and you know a variety of other different things where it's not something I'm sure that they planned but it just happens that way and unfortunately it happens to a lot of the the best guys that we've ever you know had in our watch so uh, during our tenure at least yeah well I mean at least you get you're picking up some new guys so would you say two two raised and two passed so far this year? Um, I think we've initiated a total of six. Wow. And there's two that have already gotten their third degree. And I actually I think all the other four are still entered apprentices. Okay. So you mentioned uh something like going on to something else in masonry. So what's next in your Masonic career? I'm very much thinking about uh, joining the shrine. Um, I belong to the Scottish Rite, and I've just not had the time to focus on it because it's in my temple is in Long Beach, and that's Long Beach Valley, I should say. And you know, it's well, it's not that far. It's not like I'm used to. But now that 
uh, if my duties at Solomon Staircase diminish, then I'm going to have some more time. But I just feel like the shrine is something that I wanted to do someday, but I'm kind of running out of time. So I think I'm going to have to just kind of bypass the whole Scottish Rite thing for now and just go to the shrine and see what it's about. We have a couple of members in our lodge that are you know, members of, of the shrine. They've had nothing but good things to say about it. So I'm, I'm looking into it. I'm not, I'm not committing at this point, but I'm looking into it. So, Yeah, I, I know there's uh, at the lodge I go to in, in Nevada here, uh, a lot of the guys there are shrine members and they've been hitting me up for joining. The only downside of that is, you know, uh, we don't hit any traffic, but it's it's an hour flat drive, you know, to, yeah. get to where the lodge is or the shrine is. Yeah. Kind of, and, and then depending on the weather and stuff, that could be a really rough ride for an hour. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see if they if they do something yeah. Carson City, I may uh, I may look into that a little more. Well, as far as both of us, then we'll just stay tuned. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. What would you have any advice you'd have for somebody who's interested in masonry? Any advice I would have? You know, that's kind of a difficult question because until you've tasted it, it's kind of hard to decide whether you like it or not. It's like ice cream, right? So to a lot of people, uh, especially in today's age, you know, they get so much information off of the Internet, um, which either does one of two things. It either intrigues them or it causes them to take a step back because of maybe their religion and, and, you know, get that whole cult idea swirling around in their mind, which obviously is not what we're about. Um, but I think that if, if more people would just come to us with an open mind and just see what we're about first, um, I think that's, that's the best thing because, but it's very hard, obviously, because all the younger guys, most all of them are very computer savvy and have read something on the Internet about us. And I I tell them all the time, I said, look, I know you're going to see stuff. I know you're going to want to read stuff. But just if you can, just put it down. Wait till you get your third degree, because I'll tell you, half the stuff out there is true. The other half is false. And you don't know which is which until you become one. So don't make any judgments one way or another until you get involved in it and really know what we're about and how uh, masonry in general, you know, exists because there's a lot there. There's a lot of stuff there. And, uh, you know, we have brothers that do deep dives into this uh, esoteric type stuff and, and history of masonry. And uh, brother Shavam just did one last week. And, you know, I mean, there's stuff that, I've even never heard of before being a Mason for 18 years. Um, that's just not in my belly wick. You know, it's like, my thing is the ritual. Uh, I let the other guys do the deep dives and I learn from them, you know, the same way that I'm the master teacher as the master craftsman or and the master of the lodge. I'm also uh, a master student a lot of the times when it comes to some of the long-term esoteric, uh, things that are out there that are, are actually factual, you know, but you, you, again, you don't know till you, till you know. So question just came to, came to mind. I think another thing, a lot of jurisdictions, a lot of lodges don't own their own building. So right. Solomon staircase. So we own the building. Mm -hmm. um, 
what would you say are some of the, we'll do both sides, right? But starting with some, what are some of the benefits of owning the building? Well, that's, that's really easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's your home away from home. It's the place where you meet. It's the, it's the place where everything takes place. Um, and, you know, up until recently, uh, we had a church that was using our facility and they, they weren't a problem other than the fact that their stuff was always everywhere. Um, and now, uh, Effective 31 October, uh, we have our lodge back and it feels different. I, I don't know how to describe it to you, but you walk in and you feel like, oh, we're home again. Whereas before we had like a roommate. That's what I kind of equated it to, I guess. Um, so I really like the fact that we own our own building and that anytime, you know, we need to get in there to whether it's you know practice or just meet and have a, an adult beverage with a brother or something and a cigar or whether it's to you know do a work party or whatever we don't have to worry about asking permission you know we have um, brothers that are allowed to be at the lodge have hard access and they can get into the building and you know it's it's a great it's a great thing knowing that you have that asset also as a financial asset, should you ever need it, or, you know, uh, in the world today, the finances are such that, you know, we could have probably borrowed money back a few months ago when the interest rates were super low. And we probably could have done a lot of work with that money, um, but it it didn't go that way for us, so, uh, so be it. But, you know, it's nice to know that you have that financial asset because like you said, not a lodge, not a lot of lodges have that yeah. or the, or the square footage or the property square footage that we have, which I think is unmatched by any I've seen in California anyway, other than Grand Lodge. Yeah, we do have a pretty big lot there. I say one of the things I, I like is the fact that, you know, there's times when I'm down in Southern California on a business trip and I have quite literally just kind of looked and said, okay, so I visited a supplier it's one o'clock. I can either drive back home, you know, for a half hour, or I can drive over to the lodge. You know, my key card still works, plug in there and just work from there. You know, especially if it's a Wednesday or Thursday night when typically guys are showing up, you know, and I can just plop down and I'll work till five o'clock till people start showing up instead of having to drive all the way back to, you know, wherever my hotel is or wherever I'm staying and then come back again. Yeah. F funny, uh, funny thing happened the other day. <laughs> Because as you know, you have more than one key card in the system. And uh, I'm kind of getting Fabian kind of to be the, the backup should anything ever happen to me or, you know, so, somebody younger to take over this stuff when I'm not around. And uh, we were going through and I was, uh, I think I was deleting the, some of the church and uh, some of the old uh, key cards that were no longer being used, like the contractor that we had and so forth. And, uh, so I'm scrolling through the names and we come across this Harold the Havelina Hunter. And he's like, who is that? <laughs> I said, well, that's a long story. Never mind. A long <laughs> <He's> story. <scrolling. laughs> that's funny because, I mean, that Harold the Havelina Hunter came from a trip that you and I and our significant others did when we went to Sedona together. And we also ended up going to a stated meeting at the lodge in Sedona. And if you remember, they were having like an act some sort of a festival or a barbecue fest or something like that 
and they had like a dart game, shooting, yes, a shooting game, a pellet gun or BB gun, but shooting. So they had darts, shooting, and dice. And I think you won the darts and I won the shooting. Yeah. And we were like, what the heck, man? These guys show up from California and win two out of three. And the only one we didn't win was the one that's all luck. Yeah, Yahtzee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I was very, uh, very confident with the dice over the last couple of days, if you hadn't noticed. Uh, no, what's going on? Oh, oh, I was in uh, Vegas for a oh, trade show right. to see Ed Crowley, and I, I, I drifted over to the craps table for about I don't know, like forty-five minutes, and did very well. Some some kid was just rolled for about a half an hour before he sevened out. Wow, I was a beneficiary of that, so that was that was a good dice game to be at where I won. That's cool. Well, when you guys uh, come up to visit here in December, I know you're going to be up in Tahoe, and and then. I gotta double check. I don't think the casino in town has craps. I think they have like a like it's actually like a machine with two big giant. Yeah, and it yeah I don't trust those up. things. <laughs> yeah. So, but they also, have a, they also have a video one, and I don't trust that one either. So it's interesting. I know we're getting a lot off topic, but uh, the video one, uh, there's one that's used in the Indian casinos down in California, and a member of the lodge up here, his company does a lot of those. His biggest oh, wow. customers are the Indian casinos because for yes. whatever reason, the law in California, they can't play with an actual ball. It has to be all like all digital for their craps. Right. Right. Interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as always, a great time chatting with you. I look forward to seeing you here in uh, a little less than a month. Yeah. Looking forward to hitting the ski slopes and, and trying out my luck at Harvey's, which in the past, many, many, many moons ago, was very good to me. So maybe that was just a warm-up down there in Vegas. So we'll see. All right, Worshipful. Well, thanks for the time. We'll see okay, you. Okay, Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye, brother. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.